Welcome to another episode of the Soul Circle Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Beltoff, and I am so happy you are here with me today. Thank you for being on this journey with me. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories from the heart so that you know, recognize, and realize you are not alone. We are in this together and we need one another. We can do so much more together than we ever can by ourselves, which is why this is not only a podcast, but there is also a corresponding community space where we gather, where we share, where we connect. And I would love to have you join me over there. You can learn more about it on my website, jenniferbeltoff.com, or also click the link in the show notes below. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. This week, I want to talk about a topic that has been a common theme I have been seeing and hearing in the Write Together classes I have been hosting, whether online or at the library. And what's been amazing is that it's something we all come up against. It's something we all struggle with. And it's this idea that there's this inner critic in our head and this inner dialogue that tells us we aren't good enough. It tells us we're not worthy, we're not capable, we can't do something we're putting our mind to. It says, who do you think you are anyway? Can you relate to that? Do you have that inner critic in your head? Oh, I know, right? We all do. And what is that inner critic doing? It's destroying, really destroying our confidence. It's making us feel like we're not good enough. And this topic has come up over and over again in the Write Together classes because it's something as human beings we all experience. In one class in particular, we were talking and diving deep into confidence. And one of the students brought up the different confidence that she had through the years. And I loved that she brought this up because it was something I never really thought about before. I always felt that if I didn't have the confidence to do something now, I, j I just don't have it. And I'm not going to be able to get it. And nope, not for me. But she reminded me when I was very young, I was inquisitive. I was asking questions, asking questions about everything and anything and not worrying or caring what people thought about my questions or if I was going to look like I wasn't the smartest in the room because I had all these questions. When I was very young, I had no fear in the sense that I would climb things and jump off of things and leap and not even think twice about a broken bone. I just went for it. I was very in tune with myself and just kind of followed where I wanted to go. In grammar school, I think about how I would be making up songs or doing dances on my front lawn and really not even caring about who drove past or who saw. And then middle school and high school, I tried out for the cheerleading team. I asked a boy out for the very first time. I tried out for the school play. I ran cross country and track. I did all these things that required this confidence within myself to be able to do them. And so in this looking back, I can see like, oh, I did have confidence always throughout my life. It's not if there becomes something that I want to do and I'm not sure I can do it. It doesn't mean I don't have confidence. It just means I need to kind of hone into a little bit because it's there. 
And it's not going to be the same confidence that I had in leaping off of a swing because I don't know if I can ever go back to that. Now I do worry about my broken bones and, you know, not wanting to fall too hard. And I don't know if I could stand in my front yard and dance the way that I did when I was young. But my confidence shows up in different ways. And it's important to remember that there is one thing that is certain. And that is, is that there always is some form of confidence in you. It's always there. It might change. It might morph. But it's there. And you can tap into it. You can find it. Today, I have the confidence to do things I didn't before. And the only reason that I have that confidence in those certain things, teaching, for example, is because I built it up. I did it over and over again. And when I showed up and failed, I didn't just throw in the towel and say, nope, this isn't for me. I kept going. I pushed through that discomfort of it. I pushed through the fear of it. And I built up my confidence to say, you know what? You, you can do this. I think years ago, at the time, I was dating someone and they would go out and ride their bike for miles and miles and miles. And it would blow my mind. The most I would ride my bike was like across town to the library when I was younger. I was not going out for these epic long adventures. And in my head, I was thinking, there's no way I could do that. No way at all. And then there was this bike race. And a bunch of us decided to sign up and do it. And the first day, it was a short ride. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. I'll do the short ride. We'll be great. It ended up not being the greatest of weather. It was a bit rainy and cold, but did it. Powered through it, no problem at all. The beautiful thing about this bike race was that there was a little car along the way. So if something happened to you, a car would be there to kind of pick you up and take you to the finish line. So it's not like you'd be lost, stranded somewhere, never finding your way back. And so the following day, day two of this bike race was a 50 mile ride, which seemed insane to me thinking there's no way I can do it. But in my head, you know, there's this car. If I can't do it, it can pick me up. I could throw in the towel. That'll be that. And so I set out to do it and I was doing it. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I mean, there were definitely parts that were challenging. There were parts where there were these hills that I had to go up that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to make it to the top. And I remember one moment in particular, it was just me and this old man. He had to be probably in his 70s. And he was out there on this bike ride as well. And we're coming up to this big hill and he's already kind of halfway on it. And in my head, I'm just trying to prepare. Okay, you can do this. Just, just keep pedaling. And I did. And I was pedaling and I passed him. He was going pretty slow. Not that I was going fast at all. And he cheered for me. He said, you can do this. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep pedaling. You got this. And it blew me away because in the middle of this crazy challenge of trying to climb this hill, there was this person who was also deep in the challenge cheering me on. And because of him, I did make it to the top. And any time I am now struggling throughout a ride, I think of him. 
and think of his encouragement and his ability to cheer even though he was in the middle of it too. Amazing and phenomenal. And so I'm riding along, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 miles. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I cannot believe I am doing it. And I get to the lunch break area at the 40 mile marker. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, there's only 10 miles left. I can do this. I can make this 10 miles. I got this. And I'm sitting down with these strangers and we're eating lunch. And I overhear somebody say, all right, 21, 20 more miles left to go. And I turn my head quick and I'm like, 20? What do you mean 20? And they're like, yeah, you know, there's, there's 21 miles left. And I was like, I thought this was 50 miles and we're at 40, right? And they're like, yeah, we're at 40, but the race is 60. Oh, my heart sank. <laughs> 10, I was mentally prepared to do the 10. But 20, could I do it? And so I set off and I tried and I pushed and somehow I made it across that finish line. And in doing that, it gave me this enormous, enormous sense of accomplishment that I can do things if I put my mind to it, that I can overcome even when it is a challenge, even when it is unknown and you literally have no idea what is going to be around the next bend. Is it going to be a great smooth downhill or is it going to be a hill you have to climb? And you're going to get it all. It's not going to be flat surface for your whole ride. You're going to get it all. And now before I go out on a big ride, there are still those nerves, you know, can I do this? Am I capable? Am I, am I able to do it? And your confidence is is wobbling a little bit, wondering if you'll make it this time. But I have that experience to tap into. I have that experience to go back to, to remind myself that, yes, I can do it. I can make it through. And you wonder, right? You wonder if that little nagging voice that's saying you can do it, you can make that happen, wasn't there. What would you really do? What would you be able to accomplish? What would you travel to? What would you show up to? You know, what, what would be the thing? I know mine. <laughs> it's a wild dream that I have been holding on to for so long. I actually just finished reading a book about it, which also now has ignited my excitement for it. And it's walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. It actually doesn't start in Spain. I think you can start in France or even maybe even before that. But it's an extremely long walk. And a lot of people do it for spiritual reasons, religious reasons, all sorts of things. And I find it to be fascinating and amazing. And it, when I think about it, it's really very similar to what I did with the bike ride, what I had done for the marathon. It's this idea of pushing yourself beyond what you think you're capable of doing and having to show up day after day in it and know that all you really have to do actually is put one foot in front of the other. And it looks epic. It looks amazing. It's on my bucket list and I'm hoping to one day do it. But then there's this fear, right? There's this confidence lacking inside me that says, you, you can't do it for so many reasons, right? Financially, how are you going to support yourself on it? 
Um, what will you do when you get back? What about leaving your family for that long? Can you really do that? I mean, that's a huge commitment. And all these negative voices are coming in from all different angles, making me feel like, you know what? You, you can't do it. You can't make that possible. But if I could silence that, if I had this magic wand, I could say, quiet down for a moment. I have other ideas. Oh, how incredible that would be. And we know, you know, there is no magic wand. There's no magic cure to silencing that inner voice. So we really just have to learn how to navigate it, right? How to, I don't know, how to play peacefully in the playground with it, even though we might not want it to be there. And I have found one way that has really helped me in doing this is a pros and cons list. And if you've never done this before with something that you're looking to do, I encourage it because it's great to see it down on paper and to really pause and just take that moment and think, okay, I want to do this. And if I do this, here are all the amazing things that could happen and put them down, put them right down in that list. Whatever amazing things you think could possibly come out of doing what you want to do. And so if I use the example for me of walking the Camino, oh, the amazing things that would happen, the people I would meet, the feeling of accomplishment, the sights I would see, being able to dedicate time to myself spiritually and mentally and working through anything that's inside me through this movement of walking. I can go on and on, you know, put, put them all down. And then have that other list of your cons. You know, what, what are all the negative things that could happen if you do it? What are they? And usually those are the fears, right? That fear of failure, that fear of, well, what if I don't finish? What if I start walking and I realize I, I can't do this? And then I have to live with that failure of, I never made it. I couldn't do it. But here's one thing to always, always remember. Failure isn't the end. It isn't. In fact, it's almost this beginning to what you might not have known was there. So we have to learn to look at our failures and embrace them and see where they're leading us to, where they are guiding us to. And when you have this pros and cons list in front of you, you can really see the solid, amazing potential if you take that chance. And then really those fears that are in front of you that are holding you back from doing it. And then you can figure out how to overcome each of those fears. And it's great to see it down on paper. It's so helpful. Another thing to do is talk it out with a friend. Usually a friend has this magic way of holding up a mirror and showing you the things that you weren't able to see. And we need that sometimes because sometimes we just get stuck so much in our own head that we can't do that. We're, we're stuck in our own story. We don't really see the truth of what is there. And when you talk about it with a friend, that starts to unearth and unravel and they're able to show it to you. And then another thing that I do is go back to those touchstone moments. When I was talking about that old man who I didn't even know who was struggling himself, making it up the hill, cheering me on. That's a touchstone moment. 
And the fact that I did cross that finish line and I did finish the race and make it 10 miles more than I thought I was actually going. What a touchstone moment to hold on to. One that really reminds me and shows me I am capable. I can do the things I put my mind to, one foot in front of the other. And it's so important, especially in this age of digital technology, when everything is in our face and we see the best sides of everyone's life. We don't see the truth. We just see really what people have curated and want to show us. It's really important to remember not to compare yourself to others. You can only work with what you have, right? Only what is in front of you, only what is yours. And we really need to embrace that, embrace what we have to work with and figure out how to work with it, how to make it work for you. And we compare ourselves to others. We're totally doing ourselves a disservice because we're comparing ourselves to what they want us to see, not to who they actually are. Or we're comparing ourselves to what we think is their story. And in reality, we might not know their whole story. Another way to build up your confidence is really identifying your strengths. And I know this might sound totally corny, but make a list. Put it down on a piece of paper. Have it where you can see it and read it and know it and repeat it to yourself. Sort of like positive affirmations, those two are amazing for boosting your confidence. And I know it may sound a little corny to do, but goodness, do they work. You know, keep it positive, have positive self-talk and be open to change. Sometimes we can get stuck in our own patterns. And I know I have done this so many times where I almost become in a rut thinking I have to do it this way because that's just the way I'm doing it. And in fact, it's not even thinking I need to do it in this way. I'm almost on autopilot and I am just doing it that way because that's the way that I know. But what if you, you look and see where you can possibly change, where you could possibly shift? And instead of trying to change others and change the people around you, maybe there's something in you that you can do. I know that there are times when I'm just not my most confident self when I am on that autopilot phase because I'm not taking in what's around me really. I'm just moving, you know, blindly through the world almost. And so it's important for me every once in a while to pause, look around, take inventory inventory of how I'm feeling, of what I'm needing, of what might need to be changed or shifted or altered so that I can be better for myself. And in those moments, I know I have to be realistic. I can't expect that things are going to change overnight. I can't expect to have this magical epiphany. Now, all of a sudden, everything is amazing and beautiful. No, that's not life. It doesn't work that way. But I have to stay open and observant and really watch what's going on. And how do we feel better about ourselves? You know, how do we build up that confidence? Definitely 
by surrounding yourself with people who support you, with people who really energize you and lift you up and encourage you, who make you feel positive. I know there have been times in my life where I've been surrounded by people who are complaining and who are just feeling very negative. And I can go down that rabbit hole quick, real quick. And so I choose to seek out the positivity, to find the people who are going to lift me up, who are going to make me feel better and give me space to, to be in that joyful place. And it's really important to be surrounded with people that can support you and to live in the present. We can't change what's happened in the past. We want to, right? There's so many things. I wish I could go back and rewrite, but we can't. They are what they are. And really, truly, that's it. So how can we live with where we are right now? How can we be fully present with what's in front of us and allow ourselves to seek out the good in it? And another one of my favorite ways to boost my confidence is celebrating the small moments. Really celebrating the tiniest of moments. And when I mean celebrating, I don't mean throwing a huge, elaborate party, but doing a tiny thing to recognize what has just happened. One of the things that Dustin and I have been doing ever since we've been dating, we don't really give each other flowers, but rather we give each other wild, crazy balloons. You know, like the big, huge helium ones, they might be shaped like a dinosaur or Super Mario Brothers or, gosh, a flamingo, you know, all sorts of wild and crazy things. And when there is something that has happened in our life, big or small, we buy balloons for each other. And it's just so much fun. I came home from the very first library class that I taught where he knew I was super nervous about doing it. You know, those, those fears that are come out, you know, will anybody show up? Will people enjoy it? Will it be a good experience? And, oh, you know, trying to push myself through that and boost up my confidence along the way so that I could show up as my best self. And when I arrived home, there were these fun balloons and it totally made my day and just absolutely lifted me up to see them. And it was two giant champagne bottles and Mario from Super Mario Brothers. And he had said that he was looking at other ones, but they didn't have them. So that's why he got the champagne bottles. And just fun, you know, find a way that works for you that makes you feel good to celebrate. Maybe it's stopping at the grocery store and buying a store-bought cake and putting a candle in it and singing to yourself when something amazing happens. Or taking a moment to just go outside, sit in the grass, and show gratitude for whatever it was that happened. But do something that feels really good for you, because it will help to boost your confidence. And I know we think, oh gosh, we're adults, right? We should feel confident already. What's going on with us? I thought I was only going to have to deal with that until high school. Why has this followed me along my entire life? And I don't think it's going away. I think there might be always some part of us that has this doubt, has this fear, has this unknown. But it doesn't mean that those are the pieces that have to define you. 
And it doesn't mean that that fear has to paralyze you. You can always find a way through it. Find a way to navigate to a place where you can look at yourself in the mirror and smile and feel radiant and happy and beautiful because that is exactly who you are. And that is the way the world sees you. So embrace it and know it and feel it and be in it. Absolutely be in it. And so to close out our podcast together, as you know, I like to give a writing prompt that you can explore and just dive a little bit deeper into whatever weekly topic we're talking about. And so today, when we're talking about confidence, we're really going to explore when you feel your best. What does that look like for you? What are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you? And so the writing prompt this week is on my best days, on my best days. And you're going to start with those words and see wherever they take you. And I had used this writing prompt this week in the library class. And so I want to give you a little taste of what does happen when we share. And I'm going to share the words that I had written. And I wrote, on my best days, I step outside, plant my feet on the earth, breathe in the fresh air. I am present, if only for a moment, feeding my heart and soul with nature, light, and love. On my best days, I am surrounded by family, giggles from little ones, giant hugs, and the sound of, and Jenny, and Jenny, and Jenny, ringing through the house. On the best days, I don't worry about what others are thinking but leap into the wild unknown, trusting my heart and trusting the path in front of me. On my best days, I don't worry that the dishes are piling up and that things need tending, but rather I am present with the people in front of me, leaning in close to hear what they have to say, no phone in sight, just a space for connection and joy. On my best days, I take my time, not rushing from one thing to the next, slow and steady, moment by moment. On my best days, there is space for me to do what my heart is longing for. A nap on the porch, reading, moving. On my best days, I savor it all. Now it's your turn. What happens on your best days? Pull out your notebook and write about it. Thank you so much for joining me here for this week's episode. I am so grateful to have you here and look forward to connecting deeper with you in the Soul Circle community. Come on by again, go to jenniferbeltoff.com or click the link in the show notes to learn more about it. And I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, have a wonderful week ahead.